everybody, and welcome to Product Happy Hour, where you can go to happy hour with us, your favorite product people in your sweatpants. We are product folks here to share what we've learned off in the hard way over great drinks. Why happy hour? Why not? It's the best way to get the inside scoop from grizzled bets with the scars to prove it. Scars everywhere. Thanks for giving us a listen. The best way you can help us keep this party going is to head to our Substack page and subscribe at ProductHappyHour.com. Now, today is episode 10. It's a very special episode. Did you think we would get this far? I didn't think we would get this far, but... I don't know. Here we are. I wasn't sure. No, okay. You you knew the whole time? Never? No, I wasn't sure. I was like, 10, 10, can I drink... 10 times and produce value. Can I? Here I am. The answer is always yes, you can. Uh, So for our very special episode, episode 10, a very special announcement regarding our paid subscriptions. We want the paid subscriber experience to be great. So we're rolling out two new benefits for our paid subscribers. First, templates. These templates are going to be designed to help you be a great PM. The first one that we'll be rolling out is for ERA's go-to framework, SWOT analyses. So if you're building a product strategy, become a paid subscriber and get access to that beautiful template when it ships soon. Second, Q&A. Do you have a burning question about product management that you'd like for us to answer? Something specific that you need help with and need one-on-one support? If you become a paid subscriber, you'll be able to write in your questions or call us to leave a voicemail of your questions. If they aren't sensitive, we'll include them in our Q&A video that will be available for paid subscribers only. If they are sensitive, maybe something you don't wanna share broadly or a specific case you'd like for us to look at, no problem, we'll message you directly with our response. So, you know what we're gonna say next. Become a paid subscriber today. It's either $5 a month or $30 a year. That's literally one Starbucks latte a month or one DoorDash order a year to not only keep the sucker going, but get those great paid subscriber benefits. And we're gonna be looking at more. So hopefully you'll get more benefits with your subscription as you subscribe. Finally, please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts for easy listening anywhere, anytime. With me as always is Ira Joe Hall. Hey, Ira, what's happening? Hey, everyone. Yeah, episode 10, we have another tactical subject around using your time the most effective way as a PM. We're here to talk about seven useful time hacks as a PM that have helped us maximize our days. These seven hacks come out of hard-won experience, plenty of wasted hours of time doing the wrong things so you can do the right things. Oh, show. I can tell you that I've been the king of wasting time and not being effective, especially in the beginning of my career. It can be really easy to do things that don't return a ton of value or feel like you have to be involved in every little thing as a PM. I'm looking forward to discussing this topic on the pod. But first, Ira, oh my God, it's episode (laughs) 10. It's a huge milestone. I know. We finally have drinking budget. Isn't that amazing? That's right. We made 10 episodes and we have a drinking budget. Holy shit. I cannot believe we are here, but I am so happy. Like that means we've delivered useful stuff 10 times while drinking. Like this is the dream. This is the best job I've ever had. I know, right? It is the dream. (laughs) When we first talked about doing this podcast together, 
we knew getting to this point was going to be a challenge. I didn't know this, but most podcasts don't make it to this point. Yeah. So to have made it to 10 episodes and be going strong is quite the achievement. And a huge thank you to all of you listening on the show. And thank you to you, Ira. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, subscribing, following us wherever, giving us feedback, playing drinking games with us, um, the whole deal. It's been such a fun ride, and we're looking forward to the next 100 episodes to come. Speaking of drinking games, I think this milestone deserves something special, no? Oh my God, yes it does. Well, this is happy hour, and in happy hours past, we have celebrated big milestones and releases with a classic shot, 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 <laughs> era. Do you have your shot ready? What are you shooting? Uh, what are you chasing I? it with? Okay, I have some <laughs> Japanese gin. <laughs> I've been saving it for a special occasion, and here is one. So yeah, I'm gonna chase the rest yeah. of. Uh, I'm gonna chase it with more gin, quite frankly. Um, but I have a cocktail here too. I have a little lemon drop. What do you have? You know, that's how the pros do it. You know that you got to chase gin with gin. So yeah. smart. <laughs> you think it really, really think it out there. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. Okay. Well, I have a super smooth shot of Hibiki Japanese whiskey in my Texas shot glass. For those oh. of you watching on video, look at that. Look at that so beautiful, cool. beautiful shape of Texas. And I will also be chasing it with an old-fashioned, made out of the same whiskey that I oh, uh, nice. made myself for today's episode. Yes, if you've okay. been watching for a while, I switched to cocktails so I can stop burping in my mic every episode. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. So, You're a burper. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> made the switch. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Yeah, if you've got a shot at home, okay. take one with us or chug some coffee on your morning ride in. Happy 10th episode, friends. Cheers. Cheers. Happy 10th episode. Boink. Ah, smooth. Smooth. Real, Real smooth. smooth. All right. We're nice and liquored up. Perfect. Yeah. Let's roll into. <laughs> did you see the face I made? <laughs> I, did. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm not supposed to be taking shots. What's wrong with me? All right, let's roll into today's topic, our seven best time hacks for PMs. If you find yourself running out of time for critical tasks at the end of the day, hopefully this episode imparts some hard-fought hacks for getting enough time to get your critical tasks done. Shall we move into it? Let's go. I'm drunk already. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> man all right all right so why are time hacks important so why is this an important topic you might ask well as a product manager your time is going to be very limited there are only so many hours in the day and there is a never-ending list of things to be done to help your product be successful right yeah um that's the thing it's there's always something to do as a pm because you're kind of the wear all the hats person um, so I felt like this a lot, um, in the early days. So it was like, okay, well, there's always something I could be doing. There's always a running list of stuff I have to take care of. Um, and so this like constant, like feeling like I'm behind, it just wasn't sustainable. Like I needed to figure out how to be effective at always kind of having a lot of balls in the air. 
Yeah, 100%. Exactly. So it's important to have healthy habits when it comes to managing your time and ensure you're always working on high value projects and tasks that enable you to be the most effective PM that you can be. Yeah. So Ajay, we get that. I'm, everyone knows time management import, is important. That's not like some gift advice you gave me, but please tell me how I can hack my way to the PM peak of success. Like what, is, what are PM time hacks? Well, there's seven of them that we have for you today. I'm sure there's lots more, but um, we're going to focus on these seven. Number one is blocking out focus time on your calendar. It seems like it's a like really simple thing to do. It seems pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I know it sounds a little too forward too. Like sometimes the message for leaders tends to be to have an open door policy. You should always be available to your team to solve problems, answer questions, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, to a large degree, that is very true. You want to be as available as you can be, but that's a fine balance. You often need time to think deeply about your strategy and what your team should be working on. You need a block of time to hammer out a slide deck for a company update. You need mm -hmm. time to write specifications for your team. Going into planning with unwritten specs is definitely not a good thing to do, right? No, no, thank you. Do not so, do that. Yeah, it's a bad thing. So you need focus time to knock that type of work out. Um, and in the book, Deep Work by Cal Newport, they talk about this a lot. It turns out it's not the only book where they talk about this. Neri Hall talks about this in Indistractable. I think, Ira, you mentioned Cheryl Sandberg talks about this in her book as well, right? So <clears throat> they talk about this a lot. And the solution they suggest, which I use personally, um, is blocking the focus time on your calendar. There's nothing tricky about it. You just put it on your calendar and that's that. And uh, think about how much time you need in those blocks. So if you're writing specs, for example, you might need an hour or two. If you're answering email, maybe you need like 30 minutes at a time. Um, if you're going to be thinking about how to craft an offsite for the whole team, maybe you need two to three hours to figure that out. Um, there really is nothing tricky about it. You think about how much time you need in those blocks and then you just slap it on Google Calendar or wherever you're using for your calendar. I didn't use to do this for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. I didn't want the team to feel like they didn't have access to me. But once I started doing this, it made a huge difference in what I was able to complete for the team on time with the needed level of detail. Ira, you started doing this recently, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I get think? the, well, I get the guilt feeling. Um, I know that it feels kind of guilty, but a successful, unstressed PM is an effective PM. And you need to find kind of a balance to actually do the work um, so that you can unblock people so that you're ready to present um, your team's hard work in a clear, articulate way. Those things take time. And um, so making a plan for how you're going to use your focus block is also very, very important. 100%. Now, things come up. So sometimes you're going to have to remove this block or move it around. And that's okay. It's on your calendar now, and that's a commitment already, so that's good. Just move it around or look for the next spot for time and have a plan for the time. If you spend the whole time on YouTube uh, watching us as much as you, we love that you're watching us, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, not, uh, that's not good either. I have a plan. Does that all make sense? Yes, and I love how simple it is. It's really just communicating to the team and your stakeholders that you need the time on um, a surface everyone can see, which is your calendar. 
I've also seen Slack status updaters that like tell people when you're in focus time. So, um, and don't be afraid to like silence your notifications during focus time. That's the whole point. Um, you know, they're, it's helpful when you pair them together. If you get a ping during focus time, like if you want to reply, you can, but you don't have to. And that's the beauty of the focus block. You use it for whatever your high value task is. Um, and then you uh, approach the rest of the tasks, which generally most of the time, like if someone asks me something on Slack when I'm in focus time, it doesn't need to be answered right away. So I, I kind of use that as a buffer, like, okay, like I can get to this later. Um, I think there is a calendar app you can use called Clockwise, which will actually like move meetings around to protect your focus time. Um, which is really, really key. And there's a free version you can use if you don't feel comfortable blocking out your calendar on your own. Those are totally great. One hang up I've had with those is that often I block the spaces out of office um, so people can't book over it unless they ask me to move it. So sometimes these status bots will say that I'm constantly out of office, uh, which isn't really true, nor is it a good look. So you just have to be careful with that. Yeah, true. It's a good hack suggestion. Um, what do we have next? So number two, find work that you can do in status meetings. Okay, hang with me on this one. This is a little sneaky. Um, and it's a bit more advanced. So okay. I would start with blocking out time and some of the simpler stuff before trying this one out. Uh, but if you think about a lot of the status meetings that you're in, often a large part of the content is not relevant to what you're doing. Sometimes you're in there to give a 10 minute update. So 50 minutes of the time is usable for other work. So use it, pick something that you can do in that time block that helps move the ball forward. The reason I say that this is a bit more advanced is that it can get a little tricky. Sometimes you'll be asked for input in a meeting or your update time gets moved around to earlier or later. So you do have to stay alert to changes in the meeting that you're in. Sometimes the content is content you'll actually want to be paying attention to. So I'd recommend checking the agenda beforehand to see if there's anything where that's true. If so, stay engaged. It's not time to work. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if not, go for it. <laughs> um, finally, depending on your level of focus, I'd carefully pick the kind of work you're going to do. Email, slacks are good choices. Sometimes just cranking on slide deck updates are great as well. Ira, what do you think? What do you like to do in these meetings? First of all, save yourself some time and send status ahead and see if you can actually get out of that meeting. It makes it clear that you like value participating, but you could use the time back. Many times you can't get out of the meeting, but it's worth trying. I mean, imagine having a whole hour back, like that's worth asking. If you know there's not much to extract from the majority of the meeting, but still need to attend, like Ajay said, do something lightweight. I call these listening meetings and uh, it's kind of like it makes Ajay a little seasick, but I like to like knock out steps on my treadmill during listening meetings because like I, you know, I'm human as well as a PM and I have like exercise goals and I've been sitting for eight hours straight. So I'll do steps uh, while I'm listening. I'll trim up like unread messages across Slack. Like, you know, you'll get like messages um, that you don't don't need an instant reply. So I'll do that kind of lightweight work. Uh, my favorite thing to do during listening meetings besides walking is to check on my live experiments. Oh, it's so satisfying just to see like <laughs> Ooh, yeah. 
you know, where we're moving. Cause it's like lightweight, you check a number and then you're done. Like there's not a lot of, uh, deep thinking you're doing. Other than that, I highly dissuade you from trying to do work that needs focus during a group meeting. It's honestly a waste of time because you'll have to revisit that work. It's really hard to listen and do deep work and multitasking just isn't what it's cracked up to be. But with that, shall we move on to our next hack? Before we do that, one thing I wanted to mention about the treadmill thing, um, which is really smart um, and it's great that you're doing it. Even though it makes me seasick, it's it's actually a really great thing. It blends a concept called habit stacking. You ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. James Clear, I um, think. Yeah. James Clear talks about that, um, where he talks about how you can stack habits that you have to do with things that you want to do or mm-hmm. other things you have to do. Yeah. So like being in a meeting is one of those things you have to do, but like being in the treadmill, you get to do two things at once, right? You're, totally. you're in this meeting, but then you're also like stacking on a healthy habit on top of it. The more common one is um, people watching movies while they work out, watching TV shows while they work out. Um, yeah. But some same sort of concept. The um, like everyone has all hands meetings where it's primarily listening. It's probably rare that you're presenting in an all hands meeting regularly. Um, it's useful information, um, but I find that if I walk during all hands, I'm like way like a way more active listener. Like I'm like, oh, oh, things are clicking and I'm making memories. Uh, it's a concept called bodily kinesthetic. It's like when you're moving, you're, it's easier for you to think. Um, so it's also useful to that extent. I want to drive us forward to, to our next hack, Let's do it. Uh, which is about using already scheduled meetings to cover new topics um, or new communication that you need to surface. Shall we get on with it? Let's do it. You're the champ at this one. You're so good at it. So I want to hear (laughs) your tips. You do like it when I do this. Okay. All right. So first of all, you're a product manager and getting in front of the people who help you build and design or make decisions is hard to do. Like everyone is busy. Calendars are packed. There are projects in flight and meetings already on the calendar that you should leverage instead of taking on the heinous task of adding another meeting. Like we're product managers. We're not program managers. Okay. Like we're not like calendar jockeys. We don't, don't be that PM that doesn't respect people's time (laughs) and like put stuff on people's calendar. Um, when, you know, it's their lunch hour or you can tell that they've been in six meetings straight. You know, I don't, I personally don't like it when meetings pop up last minute. Um, my, calendar is already kind of monopolized by that stuff. So I try to avoid doing that to others. So that's why I utilize existing meetings to share context, ask questions, or build awareness about whatever I'm working on. More specifically, save yourself and your team time by using part of or repurposing standing meetings to communicate, unblock, or socialize product stuff. Now, certain meetings are better suited for certain objectives for example, my favorite one is during stand-up, which is supposed to be brief. And, you know, the, the PM doesn't always have something that, need, you know, needs unblocking or, you know, doesn't have like a meaningful status. I don't just like share a lame status. I'm not just like, oh, today I'm working on this doc and tomorrow and I'm going to meet with blah, blah, blah later. I use the captive audience to share strategic information, but quickly, you know, like in nugget format. 
We all know engineers don't have time to read research decks, for example. Um, they're busy doing, merging, writing, testing, reviewing, and publishing. So let's say, for example, you have a project that went to research. It has some initial findings, but the deck isn't done yet. I save so much time by, and I build a lot of awareness, and dare I even say excitement about the project, by sharing a nugget of information in stand-up. I'll pose that question or that uh, fact about what I found in stand-up and boom, you know, like I shared a little, uh, shared a little insight. I didn't need to build a whole meeting or a whole deck to communicate what I learned. I'm just kind of dribbling it out in existing meetings and helping build momentum for the project. So when we do have a deck, people already have some framing. I think that's a freaking like time hack if I ever saw one, which is just like using existing meetings to just get context out there. What do you think, Ajay? I love it. I love it. Every time you do it, I'm like, oh, that's so smart that you uh, <laughs> used uh, the stand-up slot just to get this information out there. I started doing it. Once you once I started seeing you doing it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is a great time to like uh, get that little nugget of information out there. The one danger with it is that you have to be quick because you don't want to turn stand-up into a readout. Totally. Right. Totally. Um, the communication needs to be appropriate for the meeting time and the audience. Um, and what I really like about stand-up is it kind of forces you to synthesize. So like if you only had two minutes to describe what the key finding was from research, you're going to figure it out and you're going to deliver it. And then you'll use that for decks and everything else later. Okay, let's go to the next hack. Um, let's talk about how you trim the fat from your day or week. That's right. Okay. Number four. This is actually my favorite time hack. Determine your priorities. Cancel anything outside of those priorities. Okay. This, like I said, one of my favorites. I don't know about y'all, but I get drowned, drowned <laughs> in extracurricular company activities, one-on-ones, initiatives that I've started personally, but will <laughs> never complete, and projects that I'm not relevant to or aren't relevant to me. If this feels like a situation you're in, it's time to burn out the dead wood in the forest, right? <laughs> yes. Well, first you should know, it's because you're a social guy. Because you're a social guy, people want to share stuff with you. They want you to weigh in all their stuff. You're a good PM. It's a good sign. But I do love burning things down. So please, how do you do this without pissing everyone off? Okay. There is a skill to this. There's an art to it. Um, well, first of all, I think the key part is to make sure that you're doing this exercise with your boss, with your stakeholders or other management. So, you know, that way, when you do it with those folks, then you're on the same page with the people that you're reporting to, that you're responsible to serve and can make sure that you're on the same page for them. That way, you know, when you start uh, calling your meetings, you start saying, hey, I'm not gonna be involved in this anymore. Uh, they have your back. So that's a really key part of this. Um, so how I like to do this is to start by listing out all of your priorities and ranking them. Basically, everything you have a hand in right now. Uh, so you gotta list everything out. Basically, everything you have a hand in right now uh, so a list for this could look like you got project A, 
and like feature one, feature two that you're working on. Project okay. B, feature three, feature four. Maybe you're part of the experimentation council. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're part of secret project C, an unrelated team X offsite, <laughs> and a new design review process. Just to like, you know, yeah. round out the list. Um, so you list all that out. And from a list like this, I'll stack rank all of that. So, you know, a great way of stack ranking or a lens that you could use for that is what are your OKRs? And if the projects are related to OKRs, you put those higher at the top. If they're not related to OKRs, then they go further down, for example. But you could use other ways of prioritizing. Then I'll start crossing off stuff that I don't think is a priority. And at that point, I think it's a good time to show my boss and my stakeholders and leadership and see if my boss agrees with the items on the list, how they are prioritized and what I have eliminated. I'll start with my boss first and make sure that um, he or she is aligned with what I am looking at. And then we'll start expanding out from there. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. One of the things I really love about this type of process is that it keeps the communication lines open. So your boss or manager doesn't hear about you missing or canceling meetings from someone else. Um, the other thing is that it's great that it helps force some of some choices for you and your leadership. Often the list is like really long and your boss will more often than not think you missed a few things. So those will get added and this will look even longer, which will highlight the problem even more. But honestly, like hand on your heart, like the most effective strategy that you'll probably hear is understand your priorities or understand what your boss thinks your priority is um, because that's how you'll make decisions about what to work on. Yeah, exactly. It really does help get everyone on the same page and enable a healthy conversation about where you should be spending your time. Last step, if everyone agrees on priorities and what needs to be cut, cut it for real. Cancel meetings, reassign to someone else if needed, commit. Don't let this stuff linger or you're going to become one of those PMs that attends every meeting but doesn't get anything done. Those PMs are the worst and oftentimes it's not their fault. They've just kind of pushed into different things. So don't do that. Let's move on to number five. Let's do it. Are you drunk from the shot? I <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted you I'm like three fuzzy. times. You're... Um video buffered with you hat with your arms in the air <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we not we might be too drunk to finish this okay. no no no, uh, no okay i'm all right okay shall we move on to number five yes all right let's do it number five delegate to your team things that are win-win when delegated again also one of my favorite things to do Listen, one thing that's really important to learn early on is that as a PM, you really shouldn't be doing everything. Right. You should be doing things that drive high impact for the team and make the sum better than its parts. Yeah, right, Ira? Totally. So sometimes it really is better to delegate some of the decision-making to others on the team in a way that's win-win. The example that comes to mind for me is delegating some of the edge case decisions when you can trust your team to make those decisions on their own. 
This won't be true in all cases. Sometimes you have new team members that still need to ramp up or people that are more junior and can't do this yet. But you'll be surprised what you can ask others to make decisions on so you're not the bottleneck and constantly making decisions when you need to be doing other high value work. Some critical things to consider when approaching this. When you delegate one, make sure it's stuff the team wants to take on and stuff that helps the team or team members. The shot is kicking in, gang. Okay, <laughs> so like we're slowing down. All right. <laughs> Making decisions on their own can help with speed. Sometimes team members want to learn more about PM and product management. Those are great people to hand the con to. Only do this if it's a win-win. Two, ensure clear guidance for the team on what great UX decisions look like. It helps to show great examples of UX, tests that have won, data about what works, or even just explicit guidelines from you about how to make those decisions. And three, you should still check on things before they ship. QA parties are a great tool that works really well here. This is where the whole team gets together to QA a new feature before it ships. The earlier you can do it, the better. And it really helps guide things the right way. What do you think, Kira? I love this one. As PMs, we're judged on the impact and effectiveness we can drive. This seems like a great lever for freeing up time, but also not becoming the bottleneck. Um, and I've seen you do this quite a bit. Um, I think it's really healthy and we all should do a little bit more. I tend to be like the control freak kind of PM um, and it just doesn't serve me. It honestly, it just makes me feel better, but it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, this also seems like great training for higher level roles, don't you think? Like leaders in high, higher up positions need to practice this skill a lot, it seems. Yeah, this is like my whole life these days, delegating and ensuring that the processes for delivering the most impactful work operates at a high level. It's great practice and will help you scale for sure. Shall we move on to number six? Number six, use yeah. your calendar as your to-do list. You're a product manager. You're always going to have things to do, but you should ditch your guilt and instead take a beat to think about what your ideal work week would look like. And I honestly mean this. It took me so many years to get out of the habit of writing a list and then stressing about that list. It, honestly, it just never, it never gets done. For a PM, you need time to like focus on strategy, to orient stakeholders and builders, time to do, to study users and like team adjacent opportunities. And if you happen to be human as well, you might need to like eat, I don't know, move your body, spend time with your family <laughs> and like have time for your hobbies. So mapping all of these items instead of on a to-do list onto your calendar and making them reoccurring appointments is the right way to design your life, at least in my opinion. Um, and if you're stretched for time, which if you meet a PM who isn't stretched for time, are they a PM? Probably not. It's a powerful way, but you're using your calendar as a powerful way to stay consistent to those activities that give you the most return and the most joy. I read somewhere a long time ago that if you don't have plans of your own, someone will make you a part of their plans. So if you have some priorities or some goals you really want to reach, then block it off on your calendar. Just like Ajay mentioned earlier, like you have focus time, but there is also time for the other things you need to be successful at. You can get more granular with your focus time. Um, and doing that is actually like 
respecting yourself. You're like respecting yourself by giving yourself the time to actually do the things you want to do. Um, it's kind of on being a little bit unfair to yourself if you're just like, oh, I want to do all these things, but then you have zero plan of how to get there because you don't have actually have time. And so this like calibration of like, these are my priorities, but this is my calendar. Like that's a real good forcing function for you to figure out if you're spending time on the most important things. Okay, so essentially, if you master the practice of this like time blocking by using your calendar instead of your to-do list, you can literally start to see your life and work's priorities by looking at your weekly calendar. You can see like, okay, like if I value working out, how much time am I actually spending on that? Like, is it a part of my daily routine? My favorite part about this hack, honestly, though, is that it frees my mind of the stress of unfinished tasks. Making a plan to accomplish a task um, is going to instantly unburden your mind. Um, now, some of you type A's will <laughs> like look at your, your calendar and it's all filled up because you've scheduled like every minute of your waking life. I am guilty as charged. Um, it'll start to be a little overwhelming. That's why you need to schedule time for nothing. This is like, it took me so long to learn this. Like, okay, I'm using my calendar, but it's not about filling every minute to the brim with crap to do. <laughs> the former CEO of LinkedIn, Jeff Weiner, wrote a blog post describing how he blocks do nothing time on his calendar. And he says, if you were to see my calendar, you'd probably notice a host of like gray slots um, with no indication of what's going on. The gray sections reflect buffers or time periods I've purposely kept clear of meetings. Um, and it, he goes on to say that at first these buffers felt like indulgences. This like do nothing time might also feel like an indulgence to you. Um, but he says he could have been using that time to do other stuff, but he had to say no because he was no longer being effective at his core job. Um, and those buffer times were actually absolutely necessary for him to do his job well. And I'd have to agree, like without the calendar blocks, my time would just be cannibalized. And I am certain yours will too. I see it happen to the best PMs and the worst PMs. My last point about this hack is if it's important, schedule it. It's easy to assume that certain things will get done when in reality, they often don't. Most of the PMs I know um, are ambitious people. There will always be more that you want to do than there is time available. And using your calendar instead of this to-do list will focus you and it will help you prioritize. I think it's my favorite hack on this list. 100%. I love this too. To-do lists are really just nagging wish lists. Things to do with no plan to do them. It can make me feel overwhelmed for sure. Living life from my calendar is helping massively. The bottom line is if it's not on the schedule, it doesn't get done. I like 15-minute blocks for the work week and longer ones for the weekend. The magic of the work week calendar is that new conflicts get auto-declined. I try to schedule important work as early in the day as possible. And I've learned that I'm my sharpest and most fresh in the morning. So after dropping off R in a daycare, I'm in focus time for at least an hour twice a week. It's great. Yeah, do your hardest thing first. Get it over with and free yourself, honestly. 
there's so much cognitive load of like, oh my God, I have to write this deck because we're going to present it two o'clock. Like I do so many weird habits since I've been working from home. I've had to like audit myself because I've had to deal with myself <laughs> like one-on-one all the time. And I will like stress eat um, in order to avoid an important task oh, or wow. an impending task. And like what I've realized is like, I'm just eating to avoid doing something that I think is important to do. Um, and that's procrastination. So if I put it up at the morning, my whole day just, I feel more free because I've doing the thing that is most important instead of procrastinating. It's on my calendar. And so that's when I do it. Number seven, keep running decks for meetings. Last, but certainly not least, is a very PM specific hack. It's to keep running decks. Um, I do my thing on paper, but I have to do my communicating digitally. And this takes time. So for most of your work, you're going to have to have this repeated digital communication. Like, I guess more clearly, you're going to have to write a bunch of decks based on a bunch of things that you learn from research, from engineering work. Um, and instead of doing that all at once in one go, I keep running decks, meaning that I have like pretty bare bone decks for each style of communication. So for example, I'll always have a one pager a visual, a visual one pager or like a pitch deck and several status docs, um, just always going. So as my like standup completes, I'll update the status doc. Or as we find new things out in research, I'll update my strategy deck. Um, and this running deck is like my Bible of in-flight stuff. Um, I more than likely will have to like shine this thing up and you know, add images and whatever, but it's so much easier to just slam things as they come into a deck as the bones for that communication um, instead of starting from scratch. Um, it keeps notes from being like spread across all kinds of different docs. It gives me a starting point. Um, and I've seen some people, I don't know, Ajay, if you do this, but they use like their notes app or Notion or other like little like uh, like Google Docs for like meetings. Like I've done that too, but over time I've learned that like Google Docs are good for like meeting agendas, but decks are good for things that I need to communicate externally because it's already in mm, slide format. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah, it should help you kind of reduce the cognitive load of putting together decks because you're kind of doing it as you go along. Um, and I definitely didn't start out that way. Um, I, like I would just make slides to explain A-B tests and then user research for, I don't know, it would just take me a really long time. Um, now I kind of partition mm. my decks and use them as like running notes. Um, all my hacks are kind of about reducing mental load, <laughs> if you've noticed. Um, all hamsters are running on all wheels at all the time. And I think our hacks really free up both time and energy to give back to the team. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. We hope you agree too. Do you have a time hack that you swear by? We want to know. Drop us a comment at ProductHappyHour.com. Now that everyone has added six hours to their day, <laughs> let's use our newfound free time to discuss a cool product thing. Does that sound good? Yeah.
for the uninitiated cool products things is where we talk about a cool product thing that we found in the wild that represents a key product strategy. Okay, it's my turn this week. And actually this cool product thing will save you time too. Um, can you handle saving even more time and even more brain power? Uh, yeah, it's like synergy. <laughs> synergy. I can't wait. Let's go. Okay. Yes. So imagine this, you're a busy PM. You're normally in meetings or preparing for meetings and you have like nagging house to do's because like I said, you're also part human in addition to being PM and you live in this house and that house has stuff and that stuff needs services like getting the rug shampooed or replacing the busted screen door you walked through mildly intoxicated or having the chimney cleaned so you don't smoke your entire family out of the living room on a cold winter morning and then make them stand on the street in their pajamas to avoid smoke inhalation. Sounds like I have some experience. (laughs) The list (laughs) goes on and on. And businesses tend to operate well during business hours. And I generally have more important crap to do, you know, uh, read all of the task hacks we just talked about. Um, And I don't have time to like Mm -hmm. search Yelp for like the best handyman for that screen door or the most affordable carpet cleaner. And they're normally closed when I do free up in the evening. So like 7.30 after dinner, okay, that's when I do like my non-work stuff. But these businesses are closed and I hate using my weekend to do house tasks because what the hell? I could be outside. I could be drinking in a bar with Ajay somewhere. Um, I'm not going to play phone tag with a carpet cleaner on the weekends while I'm raging in a bar and it's football season. And so because (laughs) of this, enter Yelp's request a quote service. If you have Yelp, you can text instead of calling your need, like getting your rug cleaned, um, your availability and your address once, okay? One time. You send one text message, dude, and Yelp goes out and bring, like, sends your text, your bid, essentially, um, to all the carpet cleaners, let's say, for example, uh, and they come back and text you their availability and their prices, and then you pick from that instead of you scraping through like all the rug cleaners and calling them during business hours on Yelp. Like uh, I just filled out like a three question survey. I put out my service request to get our carpets clean because we were dog watching last week. Shout out to last episode. You probably heard my dog in there. (laughs) Yeah, I got the quotes availability and then boom, they were like here the next day. Um, I got a great, highly rated, trusted carpet cleaner with literally a text message. It felt so seamless. Um, I would highly recommend. And that is my cool product thing. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Man, I totally want one of those. I need to start putting some quotes into Yelp's uh, quoting service and start getting some stuff done around the house for sure. And that's a wrap. We did it. Episode 10 in the can. We did it. All right. Well, thank you as always for joining us for Product Happy Hour. If you enjoyed Happy Hour today, please support us by subscribing at our website, producthappyhour.com. As we mentioned, you'll get notifications of new episodes, but you'll get the new stuff that we're rolling out for paid subscribers only, templates and Q&A. You can ask us any question you want, anything. 
specific cases that you're looking at, anything, the whole deal will help you out. So for $5 a month or $30 a year, you can subscribe for one Starbucks latte a month or one DoorDash order a year. Uh, not only can you help us keep this party going, but you get all of those great benefits. Thank you in advance for your support. You can also support the show by following the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also rate the show on your platform of choice. really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram or TikTok for clips at Product Happy HR. And please share with your friends and spread the word. The more people at the bar, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Let's do it. It's empty. We did it. <laughs> I'm hammered.